And while you do, I was just thinking, it's amazing in God's sovereignty how he can use things like the military in our lives for his plan and his will. I went into the Air Force at 18 years of age, right out of high school. I was unsaved. I'd just gone through. My parents had divorced when I was in high school. And so I was headed down some wrong paths. And God used that at my first duty station in Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. My roommate actually was a believer, went to an independent Baptist church near the base, and he invited me to a uh, singles activity. Every ministry in the church is so vital, and every time that ministry gets together, there was no way for them to know that an unsaved single guy that would be a preacher one day would be in that uh, in that activity, but uh, somebody witnessed to me, a guy that was back home from Bible college for the summer, and it, that was the uh, church that my wife and her family were attending. My father-in-law was a deacon there for many years, and so the military was very instrumental in probably the three most important decisions of my life. One was to receive Christ as my Savior. Uh, the second was to ask my wife to marry me. And then the third was I was called to preach there at that church. And after uh, four years active duty, I went back to Bible college where we met the popes. I was two more years in the reserves. And so God uses that. This has been such an enjoyable weekend for my wife and I. Uh, you know, you get in the routine and rhythm of ministry, and uh, we don't get to see a lot of other churches on Sunday. And uh, to come here, it's been refreshing. It's been enjoyable. I told Brother Pope, any pastor in America that is just a little bit discouraged, maybe having a difficult time, needs to come here for a weekend and just spend time with your pastor and wife and your people. And it's been a, such an encouraging thing. I feel like with the popes, we have great fellowship. We're, uh, we're about the same age. We're, we have a lot of similarities in our season of life with our uh, parents and in-laws. Our kids are in similar uh, seasons of life. And so uh, I feel like just these couple of days, it's been iron, sharpening iron. It sure has sharpened me, and I appreciate that. And so I want to get right into the God's Word for this morning, Psalm 42 and verse 5. I want you to notice, I'm going to read, and, and uh, let, why don't we stand as we read God's Word. I'll read it, and you follow along together. I want you to notice six times the psalmist asked the Lord why. Uh, he, was, uh, he was discouraged. He was a little bit in distress. Uh, he was even in despair a little bit. We'll see that as we go through it. But six times he asked the Lord, why? Why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? Uh, why is the, it working out this way? And you know, all of us can ask why. God, I don't think God minds us asking why. Uh, as long as those reasons, we have reasons sometime that uh, we feel the way we do, but there are certainly reasons in our country with our political climate and the cultural shifts and uh, inflation financially. It's, there are reasons why uh, sometimes that we get down or sometimes that we feel certain ways. What I want to encourage us, though, is to never let those reasons turn to excuses. It's when those reasons that are real 
real. They're very a part of our lives. We have to overcome them uh, with the Lord's help and by the power of the Holy Spirit. But when they become excuses for us laying out on God, when they become excuses for us uh, separating in our relationship with the Lord and not reading our Bible, neglecting our prayer life, uh, neglecting the house of God, uh, that becomes very detrimental. And I think we'll see the psalmist uh, didn't ever get to that point. He didn't allow it to get to that point. And so let's begin by reading in verse number five, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. We heard the choir sing about that this morning. By the way, we have a, we have a dynamic music program at our church uh, but it's not North Carolina dynamic. I'm going to go home and tell my choir, loosen up a little bit, amen? Let's, let's have fun in the service like we did today. And uh, let me get back to my outline here. At home, I always get in trouble when I stray from my outline. Uh, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down? That's the third time he's asked uh, himself, why am I feeling this way? Why am I cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Father, bless this morning. Help us to hear from you. Help us to be encouraged. Help us to have, uh, Lord, uh, your mind and to hear from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The psalmist is discouraged, and that's what that phrase cast down means. He's down. He's downbeat. He's down in the dumps. He's downhearted. Everything about his spirit, everything about his attitude, everything internal for him, was down and downcast. He compares what he's feeling with being overwhelmed by the waves of water, not able to keep his head above water in verse number seven. In verse eight, he says, I know on one hand, God loves me. Isn't it amazing that theologically we can know the truth that God is good, that God loves us, that he will never leave us or forsake us, and yet in our spirit we have doubts, we have question from time to time. And so in verse 9 he says, it feels like God has forgotten me. And he's on a back and forth between what he's feeling cast down, forgotten, and what he knows is true, that God is good all the time and God loves him. For the child of God, this is a dangerous place to be. And if you have those mixed feelings this morning, I hope this will be a help to you. In verse 11, we see the phrase, who is the health of my countenance? And the psalmist understood, if I'm going to be healthy internally, if my soul is going to be healthy, if my outlook is going to be healthy, if my spirit is going to be healthy, it's going to be because of my heavenly father. He knew that he'd have to go to him to have a healthy countenance. He'd have to have a healthy relationship with the Lord. Now, our countenance is basically 
those external, our external body language uh, that is a reflection of what's going on internally. And, and so our, when our countenance is cast down, it's an internal disquieting. It's an internal uh, feeling of discouragement that then is displayed outwardly. It's displayed in a frown instead of a smile. It can be a furrowed brow instead of an optimistic gaze. It can be uh, sad body language instead of joyful motion, a downward gaze instead of an open, upward uh, look. All of these are indicators of an unhealthy countenance or a cast down spirit. Probably one of the most telling indicators is our eyes, our gaze, when we just kind of are in the dumps, we're looking down, we're slumped down. Uh, God doesn't want his children ever to have that kind of cast down, unhealthy countenance. Our body language says a lot about what's going on on the inside. In fact, language experts, body language experts tell us when we're saying something verbally, but our body language is different. It doesn't match up. They tell us that the body language is usually more accurate than what it is we're saying. And so we want to have the Lord help us with our countenance. We miss so much of what God has for us in this life when we live a life of being cast down, uh, every day spent being cast down, looking down with a fallen countenance is a day of lost opportunity, is a day of lost uh, things that the Lord wants to do in us and through us. And so I wanna give us real quickly three things this morning that we miss out on every day our eyes are cast down when we're discouraged, when we're down, and we let that affect our countenance, we miss some things. Number one, we miss the opportunities that God sets before us. I'll tell you, every morning we get up, there's endless opportunities of what God wants to do. There are endless people and connections that God is going to cross our paths with divine appointments that he wants us to meet and he might want us to witness to. But when we're looking down, we miss all of those. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis 13 and look at verse 14. And this is the, the passage that's relating uh, the little bit of conflict between Abraham and Lot and Abraham being the older and wiser and bigger man said to Lot, hey, you just choose. You look out over all the, the land be ahead of us and you choose which way you want to go with all of your belongings and all of your cattle and I'll go a different way. Uh, and I think sometimes that's, that's uh, wise and that's helpful and that's healthy uh, to uh, give someone the option and then we're able to do what God asks us to do. Look what he said in verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abraham, after that lot was separated from him, lift up thine eyes. Lift up now thine eyes. And look from the place where thou art, and look northward, look southward, look eastward, and look westward. 
Now, what he was telling Abraham here was not to be cast down because Lot seemingly chose the better choice. Humanly speaking, he chose the well-watered plains of Sodom, and so it would have been a better place for cattle. It probably would have been a better place for agriculture, a better place for their future. And so Abraham might have had a tendency to think, man, I, I lost out. I should have chosen first. I should have chosen that. But God wanted Abraham to know that I have set before you wonderful possibilities if you'll look up and if you'll look around with expectation of what I want to do in your life. But I want to tell us this morning, if we're cast down, if we're looking down, uh, we're going to miss all that God has in store for us. You know why uh, seemingly the Eeyores of this life never experience God's blessings or miss opportunities? It's simply because they're cast down and they're not looking for them expectantly. When we're cast down, we don't see the sunshine. All we see is the dirt in front of our feet. Uh, when we're cast down, we miss the birds flying overhead, the stars shining. We see the weeds that this life has. And by the way, in every one of our lives, there's plenty of weeds to get discouraged with, to get, uh, to get upset over, to get uh, down about. But when we lift up our eyes, we see the flowers, we see the trees, we see God's creation in front of us. I don't know about you, but I refuse to live a cast down life. I refuse to pastor a cast down church and what a great testimony of Calvary Baptist Church led by your pastor and, and leaders is this is an expectant place. This is an optimistic place looking to the Lord for his leadership, looking for the opportunity that he's put before for you. As I look out on this congregation, we need to start praying about the next auditorium or an expansion of the auditorium and look at what God wants to do with this place. We want to leave our building on Sunday mornings, not dreading life, but expecting God to do some great things throughout the week with us for his honor and for his glory. We want to come to church with our eyes lifted up to see the Lord uh, today and every day. Reminds me of a story that illustrates this perfectly. A shoe company sent two shoe salesmen to a remote jungle area where they had no business. They, they really didn't know what to expect. They, they were selling no shoes. There weren't even a lot of shoe uh, stores or places to buy shoes. And so the two salesmen got there. They split up the area into two uh, different areas. And the one went to his area. And uh, he soon got discouraged because nobody wore shoes. They all wore uh, bare feet. And, and so he called back his company and said, you know what? I know you guys have sent shoes over expecting me to sell them, but just I'm sending them all back. There's no opportunity here. Nobody wears shoes. There's, I don't even know why you sent me here. The other salesman called back and said, man, send me all of his shoes. Send me every shoe you can get your hands on because nobody wears shoes here. Everybody's a customer. There is opportunity here like nobody's business and it's all in the matter. One was looking down. One was cast down. One was disquieted and the other was lifting up his eyes optimistically at what God wanted to do. Now I want to say this. 
Lift up your eyes and look for the opportunities God places before you. Hey, don't miss every opportunity to share your faith, to get the gospel out. Uh, you've got wonderful tracks out there. Boy, carry them everywhere you go and, and look for opportunities. Hey, don't miss an opportunity to, to, for ministry opportunities. Don't even miss opportunities for financial opportunities. You say, preacher, we're going into a, a recession. Inflation is at double digits in some uh, cases and there are no opportunities. I guarantee you the optimistic ones, the entrepreneurial ones will find opportunity uh, to make uh, financial gain for the Lord even in this time. And so when we're cast down, we miss not only the opportunities that God sets before us, but number two, we miss the help that the Lord has ready for us. In our difficult days, he is there. In every valley, I love the verse that says, he is the lily of the valleys. And there's a plural there. We sing the song, the lily of the valley. That's a little bit of a misnomer because he's not just in one valley, he's in every valley. He, he said, look, I'm not gonna protect you from the fires of life. I, I never said you wouldn't go through a fire, but what he did say was I'll be with you in the midst of the fire, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I'll be there with you. I, I love what he said in Psalm 23, that even in the shadow of death, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And, and so one thing for sure, he is there for us. Look at Psalm 121 and look at verse one. And uh, the psalmist said this, uh, I will lift up mine eyes. Lift up our eyes. Let's just lift up our eyes this morning. Let's just, let's just look at the altogether lovely one and let's lift up our eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. You know, too often in the trials of life, too often in the valleys of life, uh, we just don't look up. Yeah, I love the definition of a valley. By definition, there's going to be higher ground on either side. So just look up. Look up to the Lord. Uh, look up expectantly. We look down at our problems. We look around at our circumstances. But the psalmist said in the valley, I will look up unto the hills because that's where we'll find the help of God. Hey, lift up your eyes and see the opportunities that God has for you. Lift up your eyes and see the help that God wants to give you. Think about Peter uh, when he uh, saw who he thought was the Lord and said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And he jumped out of that boat. And man, as long as he was looking up, as long as he kept his eyes on the Lord in faith, he was walking on water. But as soon as he let his eyes dip and began to look at the waves and look around at the wind and, and think about how improbable this is. You know how improbable it is? to have this kind of a gathering in Union Grove, North Carolina. Uh, we, man, we, if we didn't have modern GPS, we wouldn't be here this morning. In fact, we took a wrong turn and, and got here a little bit late. But uh, hey, nothing is impossible with the God that we serve. And so we just have to lift up our eyes and look at the possibilities and look at what he wants to do. Often we compound our problems when we begin to go through a trial or a valley, a time of testing. Uh, when we go through the valley, our senses should be heightened. You know, I don't go through difficulty that I don't start inside 
And then I work my way out. I don't blame it on anything else. I don't blame it on anybody else. I look first and say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What can I learn in this difficult time? What can I learn in this difficult season of life? And so uh, we ought to be looking to the Lord, looking for the lessons, looking for the opportunities. But instead, we begin to feel sorry for ourselves and our soul is cast down and our eyes follow and we go through the valley missing the power and missing the help that God has for us. I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 61. If you want to turn there real quickly to Psalm 61. He said when he was overwhelmed. By the way, have you ever been there, overwhelmed? I mean, there are folks overwhelmed in this day. It's just a, it's a strange day we live in. It's just, it just bombarded by bad news seemingly and negativity seemingly. Well, we have never needed a church like this before in history than now and thank the Lord for it. Uh, but he said, I'm overwhelmed. To be overwhelmed means to be defeated means a, a few synonyms for overwhelmed or overcome, overpowered, crushed, ground down, oppressed. Can anyone identify with that at any, any season of your life? But the psalmist, I love this because uh, feeling overwhelmed isn't the end, but failing to respond spiritually and in a healthy way just may be. Look what the psalmist said. The psalmist felt overwhelmed, but he gave us the recipe for victory. And I'll give you a hint. It's not from looking down at the ground. In fact, it never comes from feeling sorry for ourselves. It never comes, uh, it, it never, uh, comes with self-pity. Our help never comes from beneath us or lower than us. It always comes from a higher place. Look what the psalmist said in verse one, or verse two of Psalm 61. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to that rock that is higher than I. That's where we look. That's why I love the fact that Caleb said, I want that mountain. I want the, I want the high place. I want to go up where God is. And I love, that's why the great song says, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Oh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. I love Hebrews where he said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of of our faith. Why? Because that's where our help is going to come from. When we're distressed, when we're discouraged, when we're down, when we're overwhelmed, that's where the, lead me to that rock, the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ that is higher than I. You will not see the Lord living a cast down life. I, I like what Isaiah, he did not see the Lord by looking down. He saw him by lifting up his eyes and looking up. By the way, it was a very unsettled day in Isaiah's day. Uh, the great king, the stability of the kingdom was at stake uh, because the king had died. In verse 1 of Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. By the way, that's where he is. He's high and lifted up, so we got to look up. We have to look up. So when we're cast down, uh, if we're looking down, if we're not looking up, lift up our eyes. The Lord told Abraham, look north and south and east and west. I've got all kinds of opportunity for you in store for you. Or when we look down, we don't lift up our eyes and we don't look to that rock that is higher than I. We miss the help. Uh, we miss his presence sometimes. We miss that. Uh, not that he's not present. We just miss it. 
And then lastly, we get so caught up sometimes by looking down at our own problems that we miss the needs of others. Look at uh, John chapter 4. Look at verse 35. John chapter 4 and look at verse 35. The Bible says there, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Notice something there. Notice he's dealing with procrastination. He said, look, don't, don't wait four months. Don't say well, we'll get to it one day. Don't say, you know, down the road, uh, we'll, we'll, get it, we'll get to that. We'll tell them about the Lord. Uh, don't put things off. He, he, says, he, he says the truth is when discouragement comes, we can tend to put things off and we can tend to procrastinate important things, things we ought to do, things that will make us feel better, things that are healthier spiritually for us. And the less we do, the worse we feel because guilt settles in. And I could take you to people today who have let this cycle just about destroy them as they sit at home week after week feeling sorry for themselves, wondering when someone's going to come and help me, when someone, and they're missing everything by not looking up. By the way, this becomes a snowball rolling downhill that gets bigger and harder to stop by the day. But if we'll lift up our eyes off of self and if we'll look out onto the fields because they need someone to tell them, not four months from now, they need someone to tell them today and this week and tomorrow they need someone to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, people all around us need the Lord People all around us need encouragement, especially if they're not members of a, of a great church like this one. They need the encouragement that we get every week and often take for granted. The best thing you can possibly do is get out, lift up your eyes, do something, do something positive for someone else right now. I heard a message one time at a pastor's conference. Sometimes pastor's conference can be one of the most discouraging places to go. And uh, if you've been in ministry, you can understand that. But uh, the, a preacher preached a message, who will encourage the encouragers? And the thought was to pastors who spend so much of their time encouraging others, trying to lift others up, trying to get people to turn their eyes on Jesus and, and ministering during people's darkest times of their lives. And for the pastor who cares like your pastor cares, like I care, sometimes a pastor can wake up and just, just have a heaviness, just have a, a, a difficulty. A lot of that is spiritual oppression. Satan is attacking. Uh, pastors and wanting to discourage them. Uh, and, uh, but the problems of others, oppression of Satan can bring sadness. And the preacher said uh, at this conference, there's nobody whose job it is to encourage the encouragers. And I thought when he's, he was preaching that, oh, but there is. Oh, there is. I've got a Holy Spirit living inside of me that's the comforter. I've got his word that I can depend on. I can trust every word. I can go to it and read it, and I can know his love. I can lift my eyes and turn them to the Lord Jesus and can feel better and encouraged immediately. I learned early on in ministry that when I began to feel down, I had to look up, not down. I had to look up. 
Had to get my eyes off myself. Had to get my eyes off my problems. Had to get my eyes off of, uh, of the, the littleness of that and had to turn them to the bigger need all around the world. And by the way, uh, he's available to you. This cast down, discouraged state, think about this, is a very selfish place to live. Because when we live there, we're not meeting the needs of our spouse. We're not meeting the needs of our children. We're not meeting the needs of those in ministry who need us and, and who look to us. Uh, the needs of our, in our church family go unmet. And before you know it, church becomes all about who's going to help me and who's going to be a blessing to me. And it ought to be about lift up your eyes. At, at, at our place, we'll have 800 folks on at a couple different campuses uh, on the property. And I, I try to tell them all the time, it, this is not about you. This is about one of the other that you can encourage, that you can say a, an encouraging word to. And you do great about that here. Christianity is not an inward-focused lifestyle. It's not about my three, three favorite people, me, myself, and I. Amen. It's not what it is. It's an outward focus mission. Folks, we're on a mission, and that mission is to get the gospel out, both in Union Grove and this county in North Carolina and around the world. That is the outward focused life. It's not about nobody called to check up on me. And, and we, like your church here, you have great ministries of trying to keep up and trying to meet needs. But every now and then, uh, something will slip through the crack. It's not about that. It's about who can I call to be a blessing to today? This church was founded to get the gospel out to people all over this area and all around the world, and it will continue to be an upward-looking group and an outward-looking group pressing on the upward way. Now, let me close with this, and we'll be done. I'm not minimizing discouragement. I've had times of discouragement in my life, and we've gotten, as you get older, Things change, family relationships change, the grandkids move away. There's nothing more discouraging than that. We've been commiserating together about that these couple of days. And uh, just life happens. So I'm not minimizing that. What I am saying, though, the answer is not found in a pity party. The answer is not found in, in staying home until someone comes to make me feel better because that cycle will become self-destructive by its very nature. The answer is lift up your eyes. The answer is don't let your soul be cast down. Win that argument like the psalmist did and lift up your eyes uh, for the opportunities that God has. Lift up your eyes for the help that God has uh, for you and lift up your eyes for the needs of others. By the way, if you're here this morning and you do not know uh, that heaven is your home, that uh, the Lord Jesus is your savior, let me give you one more verse. In Luke 21 and verse 28, the Bible says, and when these, these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Hey, there's no better service, there's no better day than right now to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you. He died on the cross for you. He paid sin's penalty for you. 
Just like often some of the veterans that have gone and, and served in our stead and paid the price that uh, we could not pay, the Lord Jesus paid that price. And all we need to do is look to him in faith, and, uh, and you can do that this morning. Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then Brother Pope, our pastor, will come and, and lead in an invitation this morning. And uh, Father, we do love you. We're so grateful that you have given us the promises you have in your word. We thank you that you'll never leave us or forsake us. We're thankful that all we have to do is lift up our head and look to that rock that is higher than I, up to the hills from whence cometh our help. Look to the north, the south, east, and west for the opportunity you have in store for us. And lift up our eyes and look on the fields because there are needs all over, not four months from now, but today. And then, Lord, help. If there's anyone here who's not saved, may this be the morning they look to you for salvation by grace through faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Wow, what a message. I wonder today, are you cast down? Is something, something has come into your life that's caused you to get discouraged? Somebody did something, somebody said something, somebody let something happen, and boy, it just ruined what you thought was supposed to happen. You're here this morning, you say, preacher, man, pastor told didn't even know, didn't even know it, but he was preaching right at me. I've been so discouraged and I desperately need to look up. Listen, if that's you in just a moment, I want you to do something. I want you to take a step out of your aisle and I want you to make your way down to this old fashioned altar and meet with the Lord here and ask the Lord to help you to lift your eyes to him. Will you do that? I hope you'll do that in just a moment. Right before we stand, how many of you here this morning would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know that I'm on my way to heaven without anybody looking, without anybody looking. If that's you, would you just very quietly slip your hand up and you say, Pastor, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this, though. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, how many are here in this crowd today and you'd be honest and you'd say, Pastor, I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure I would. Preacher, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure I would go. And I care enough to slip up my hand. And would you, see, would you please say a prayer for me today? If that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed right now, you'd slip your hand up. I see that hand. And I see another hand. Is there somebody else? Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up right now. Would you just wave it, sort of wave it at me? Just raise it and wave it at me. I've saw several. Anybody else? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Please pray for me. Is there anybody else? Can I pray for you? So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, how many of you here this morning, you'd be real honest right now and you'd say, Pastor, 
I've been so cast down. I've been so discouraged. Well, I really need your prayers today. I need your prayers. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you right now, you just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me this morning. Just remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Yep, yep, yep. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over here, God bless you. Who else? Preacher, pray for me. I need encouragement. Pray for me. You'd slip your hand up right now. Amen. Amen. Would you do us a favor? Would you stand right now? I'm going to ask our personal workers very quietly if they would make their way to the altar this morning. We have somebody in the altar with a Bible today, and they're here to pray with you if you need them to help you. If not, you just come today, find your way to an old-fashioned altar, and do business with the Lord. If you're here this morning, you're discouraged, I want you to come. I want you to come. You do business with God. Father, thank you. Thank you so much. What a service. Lord, I'm so glad I was in my place. Lord, I've been so helped today by the music and the fellowship. And then, Lord, I've been so encouraged, Lord, by the message today. God, I don't want to be looking down. Father, I don't want to see the weeds. Lord, I want to see what you've got for me. I want to see your wondrous creation. God, I want to see the opportunities that you have for me. I want to see the help that's available for me. God, today I pray that you'd work in the hearts of those who are discouraged. And Lord, today I pray they would find encouragement at this old-fashioned altar. Father, for those that have raised their hands and said they're not sure of heaven right now, Father, right now I pray you'd draw them to yourself. And I pray you'd give them faith. And Lord, I pray right now you'd help them to step out and come. And Lord, we'd love to take a Bible and show them how they can know that they know that they know that they're going to heaven when they die. So have your way in this invitation, please. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed just for a moment. If you need to come, why don't you slip out right now? Folks are coming. Folks are in the altar. How about you? How about you? Brother Pope, I don't know if I died. I'd go to heaven. I, I need to find out. Come on, right now. That's right. Folks are coming. How about you? Is there somebody else? Somebody else? It might be the very first time that you've ever been at Calvary. You say, Pastor, I've never been to this church before, but I'm not sure of heaven. Okay. We're glad you're here. Would you come? Would you come? You may be a veteran this morning, served this country honorably. And man, we appreciate that and we applaud your service. But you know, there's more to salvation than serving as a, as a military person or having your name on the charter roll of a Baptist church. There's more to being a Christian than just being a good person. You're here, here this morning, said, Pastor, I don't know for sure, sure I'm going to heaven. Listen, right now, would you just slip out and come? We'd like to take the Bible and show you how to be saved. Would you come? I'm so thankful for the day that I made that decision. Brought up in church, my dad was a deacon. Mom was a Sunday school teacher. Started in the nursery pretty much. Been, been going to church all my life, but one day, boy, God showed me there's more to being saved than just showing up at church. And I'm glad for the day I opened my heart and life to Christ. 
Is there another that needs to come today? Would you come while we wait? Man, don't miss heaven for anything. So, Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for these that have responded. Lord, I pray they've received encouragement today. And, Lord, as we carry on the invitation just for a few more moments, Lord, it could be that there's one more that needs to make a move. Father, it could be somebody that is a good person. They're a good dad. They're a good mom. They're a good citizen, good neighbor. But they've never received Christ as their personal Savior. Father, would you remind them that there's a hell to shun and there's a heaven to gain. And Lord, right now, would you help the gospel to come alive in their hearts and lives? And I pray they'd come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Please have your way. Holy Spirit, please work today. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Is there another? Before we go today, you just slip out and let, let go and let God have his way. Would you come?